0: I'm kicking myself for not taking the alternate uh, spread on that game that had San Francisco minus 14 at, and it was like, plus a shit ton of money. I should have bet it. I knew I should have.
1: Like I said, don't you wish you had a mulligan? Like, yeah, I think that every time for underdog, it's like, man, if I could like go back in time, tell myself, you got to take the under for that, not the over. Like I'd be, I'd be rich.
0: Yeah. You too. I'd be, I'd be stacked in cash.
1: Welcome to View from the Top of the Goalpost. Chad's waving and freaking me out. I did not know what he was doing. Hi, I'm Diesel, joining you in Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight. And it is View from the Top of the Goalpost. I'm joined, as always, by the Dadalack. The game is afoot. We have Chad...
0: Hi. Uh, as you can see, I am clearly not in the cave. I am still in my house, but I am upstairs in our three-season patio. And it's a little chilly, so I got my hoodie on, and we're just doing some work down in my basement slash office. So couldn't podcast from down there tonight. Place is a mess. So set him up here, and you get this lower-quality photo of me. So I'm sorry if you don't get to see all my pops today, but they'll be back next week, probably.
1: Hopefully. But, I don't know, we might as well just talk about last week. I did not do as good as Chad once again. He's starting to pull away a little bit. Only a game at a time. I went 10-6. and six. Chad won 11-5. Which brings our season total to Chad's 50-30. 20 games over 500. That's nice. And I am 48-32. and 32. And game here, game there. Like, could have got you, but I didn't. And... And now you're just, you're just the smarter prognosticator on this show.
0: I, I mean, isn't it that obvious? I, I thought I thought we already knew that before the show even started, but I'm just glad it's being proven out right now. Though so I'm not, I'm not going to get too big for my britches. I know it's only going to take one week of Chad going, hmm, how crazy do I want to be? And I'll just lose by like six games. And then I'll be in a hole that I never climb out of. That's how it happened last year. So that's what I'm trying to avoid this year.
1: I was going be like, oh, so like last year didn't count?
0: Uh, um, no, it counted. Whatever. Definitely counted.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, we got some football to talk about. We have two teams on by this week. We have the first place, Pittsburgh Steelers. You saw that coming after we made our picks last week. I didn't think that they'd be sitting in first place, but they are. And then we also have the second place, Green Bay Packers. And I have a little something that I'm gonna do that uh, is brought over from our other show, View from the Top Rope. It's time for Diesel's Dilemmas. Just remember, you were warned. Run, run,
0: run!
1: No one is safe now.
0: You stupid idiot, smarty pants, stupid, stupid idiot.
1: Well, I got a lot of things to say, and it is about the Packers, and it's towards the Packers fan base. Like, sometimes I'm embarrassed to be a part of this fan base. We came into the season in agreement that the Packers were not going to be great. We came into the season not even really expecting them to make the playoffs. But all of a sudden, after week five, we're two and three, and the season is over. We're acting like we're a Super Bowl team. Like nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's blaming something different. It's one simple thing we're young. The team is young like the offense is young like jordan love is he's, yeah technically he's in, been in the league for four years but he's essentially a rookie like he was practicing and as alan iverson said practice it's not a game you don't get game reps in practice he's learning games that they've lost i mean they could be four and one because they could have won that atlanta game they could have won against the raiders they could be four and one but they're not they're made mistakes these are called learning experiences and that's what young teams need to go through so stop freaking out and saying jordan love isn't the guy he's learning like chill out it's not that it's not the end of the world we're two and three and there was a big narrative before the game started on monday night that this was a must win game in week five and there are two and two i just don't understand how everything changed in five weeks where we were all in agreement that yeah if the packers won eight games this year that's a success they can still win eight games. That's not out of the possibility. That's only six more games out of the 12 games that I have left to play. I, I, I'm just I'm flabbergasted at like how dumb some of the people in this fan base are. It's just, just calm down. Do as our former MVP told us, to RELAX. It's going to be fine. We are not winning anything this year. Just calm down. But if you want to talk about Matt LaFleur... I've had a roller coaster of emotions about this. Like on Monday night, I was all about maybe it's time for Matt LaFleur to go. His play calling isn't doing it, and I think that might have been a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think Matt LaFleur is a bad play caller. I think he's calling bad plays. He's setting Jordan Love up for bad situation and his scheme isn't working. With uh Christian Watson being back with the Packers, Romeo Dobbs should be getting schemed open, but he's not. And it just doesn't make any sense. It, I think that Matt LaFleur is a wuss, and he's afraid to take risks, and he takes risks at the wrong times, and throw interceptions, and I know he's not throwing the ball, but he's not setting Jordan Love up for success right now and like don't get me wrong jordan love hasn't played great either like i'm not saying that he doesn't hold any of the blame because he does hold some of the blame but i just think that matt lefleur isn't not not he's not nutting up. that's basically all it is i think that matt lefleur is better than this and at least i hope maybe it's just my optimism maybe my reaction on monday wasn't knee-jerk but yeah That's my
0: dilemma. I don't know what else to say. I, as always, it's a very common thing from our old show. We used to do this. I just sit back and let him get it all off of his chest. And then afterwards, he feels a lot better. And usually I agree with him. And in this case, totally agree with him again. I I don't understand how the Packers fan base completely flipped this script. And I know Jordan Love had a couple good games in there and he was leading the nfl in qbr and that's what everyone was harking on but this is supposed to be a bad season this is supposed to be a growing season if the packers do manage to sneak into the playoffs that is the biggest win ever so for everyone to just suddenly start like losing their flipping minds about them being two and three at this point is idiotic and i texted you as well Matt LaFleur, I've said many times on this podcast, this is the first chance that, as Packers fans, they are getting to see what Matt LaFleur is as a head coach. And, folks, I I know it's only five games, but I think your first reaction was correct, Diesel. I don't think LaFleur is ready to be a head coach. And you are 100% right that he is a fraud, And he should get the look la <laughs> f- out of here. Yeah. Yeah, he had us in the pool. He did. Uh, uh quickly with a couple La Locks from last week, we should probably talk about those. So we could have done that throw... first, I
1: suppose.
0: Yeah. Uh Chad, throw the graphic up. And uh, there we go. As you can see, once again, the bronze and silver locks hit. And because of La Flawed, oh wow, now, now I'm just throwing I can't even do it. There's too many L's in there. Uh, The Golden Lock did not hit as the Packers lost. The uh, Houston covered as well as the New Orleans Saints not only covering but destroying the New England Patriots, which hurt a lot. Uh, And then as you can see, the two bonus locks that we got wrong were the L.A. Rams plus five and a half, which they could have covered very easily in that game. They just got shut out in the second half, but they did keep the game close the entire time, so I don't feel bad about that pick and then baltimore lost to pittsburgh and the less i say about that game the better it is for my blood pressure so i'm just going to move on we went 3 and 3 this last week we'll do better this week the gold lock i am guaranteeing it right now is hitting this week i'm i'm guaranteeing the cold lock is going to freaking hit you fools
1: I wish you luck. I'm excited to see what the gold lock is. And please never pick the Packers again.
0: Never. I'm never going to.
1: (laughs) You're like Brandon Perna. You just, you jinxed the Packers with that gold lock. You guaranteed it.
0: I did. I was really, I even told people at work too. Like a guy asked, he's like, who are you going with tonight? I was like, I put the golden lock on the Packers and I'm sticking with it. I'm sorry, man. I didn't catch your name. And I assuming you lost your survivor pool because of me and I'll take that loss. That's on me, and I'm sorry.
1: Oh right, yeah, well let's get into some week 6 picks. Starting as always with Thursday night football. It's another stinker of a game. We have the 1 and 4 Denver Broncos taking on the 4 and 1 Kansas City Chiefs. I guess it's unfair to say it's a stinker of a game because I mean Actually every game that Denver's played this year has actually been pretty interesting, I'm not gonna lie. So this one will probably be pretty interesting because the Chiefs have actually played some interesting games this year as well. Like it's weird. Their records are the exact opposite of each other, and they probably the Chiefs could legitimately be one and four. Oh yeah.
0: If they didn't have the zebras playing for them, they could have legitimately easily be one and four.
1: That's that's very true. But that being said, Chiefs are favored by ten and a half with a 47-point over-under, and America has the Chiefs at 99%. And it's in Kansas City. I'm not going against Kansas City in this game, even though I kind of want to. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's something about Denver. Like, I'm sure they'll have the lead in this game and blow it. But yeah, I just, I can't pick Denver especially in Kansas City. Maybe if it was in Denver. Plus, Denver never beats Kansas City, ever.
0: No, they're, it's like the arch nemesis. 15 straight times Kansas City has beaten Denver. And I don't, uh, I guess, future Chad, please look this up. I don't know what Denver is against the spread in those 15 games. But I would assume it's pretty bad as well. Because Kansas City tends to whoop up on the Denver Broncos. And I'm clearly going with Kansas City in this game. And fun fact, Diesel, through five weeks of NFL action, the bonus lock is it every single time for Thursday Night Football. I, in five weeks of football, did not get a single bonus lock wrong for Thursday Night Football. So week six is where we start because I can't believe I'm going to do this. I hate eating this many points, but I do think Denver is that bad of team. I will put the bonus lock of the week for Thursday Night Football on the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm gonna eat those 14 points. I, ugh, it's it's disgusting, and I don't like the meal at all. But man, once again, if you don't cover these 14 points, Kansas City, you, uh, I'm I'm even more right half. about you, huh? Ten and a half. Ten and oh, so it's only ten and a half. Oh shit! Then yeah, I'll I'll eat those ten and a half. That's that's even better. Yes, I'll yeah. take that ten and a half points and eat the Kansas City. So, bonus lock. Still terrified of it. I hate more than a two score favorite but denver's bad and i think at this point is sean payton just trying to get out of denver like he wants to be out of there right
1: and with sean payton you never know it's one that's one crazy guy He thinks i'm crazy you think i'm crazy um man that game last week though I, i can't believe how it went down when they were like driving had a chance to win it and then of course Russell Wilson, who hasn't been the problem all year, has that fumble, and it's a strip in for a touchdown. Like, uh I almost, like, felt bad for the Broncos. But then I realized they are wearing all orange, and I kept on thinking they were the Buccaneers. <laughs> Every time, the white helmets and the orange jerseys, I'm like, oh, it's the Buccaneers. They're wearing the creamsicle. You know? Oh, yeah, no, that's the Broncos.
0: Uh, it really did help that the Bucks were on by this last week because if yeah. they had been playing, it would have been very confusing watching Red Zone. But, yeah, I... I do feel bad because in that situation, and once again, to shout out Brandon Perna and Tom Grassi, when they were watching the game, the football never bounces that perfectly. And then for someone to catch it, it, like without even any problems at all, people can't pick or grab the ball when it's just laying on the ground and they try to dive on it. That dude caught the ball at a full speed while it was bouncing across to him. Like that is some wild just physics. And the fact that it all worked out perfectly... Is very impressive, as almost as impressive as Diesel fixing his camera on the fly. Wall,
1: camera. I have a cat on the other side of my computer, rubbing up against and trying to close my laptop here. So uh, nice. Yeah. So looks like
0: Lambo Field's having a earthquake.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna have to deal with it for a second because cat is ruthless. But oh. uh, and if I just disappear, it's because. She just popped down and just shut my computer, so. Yeah, I know, breaking the fourth wall, I don't have any fancy computer equipment, I just use a laptop. So, anyways, this cat is driving me nuts, just a second. My co-host is experiencing technical difficulties. She was gonna do it, she's done it before, she's popped my computer close. Anyways, moving on, next game, we're going back to jolly old London town, and I'm not gonna do an accent this week. But it was a nice touch putting that clip in there. I like that. Uh, yeah, we have the 3-2 Baltimore Ravens traveling to the 3-2 Tennessee Titans. Baltimore is favored by four with a 41-point over-under. And America has, let's just say, uh, the world has Baltimore at 85%. Uh, I picked first the last game, and I know it's, it's that time of the week, so go for it. The floor is yours.
0: You know, folks last week hurt, hurt a lot. It, it, it not only hurt in the fact that I have all of my eggs in this one basket known as the Baltimore Ravens, but the way that they lost that game to Pittsburgh, just a blocked punt for a safety and then to get the ball back. And like legitimately, what were the Ravens doing? You have first down, less than eight yards to go for a touchdown. You only need a field goal to make it an eight point game again. Why in the hell are you in shotgun, three straight plays and throwing three straight plays? I don't even have a problem if you're gonna run the ball out of shotgun, maybe with a QB draw from Lamar freaking Jackson, the best running quarterback in the NFL, but no. And then on the interception, you throw the only guy who even goes out on the route is OBJ. How do you run a single route freaking option in the red zone? There is so little space. Everyone is, there's only one receiver out there to throw to. Of course you threw an interception. Like, God, that was painful. And then Kenny Pickett. Uh, freaking, i i just i frickin that game really made my blood pressure sore and watching the baltimore ravens piss that away and also piss away some money that i should have won from that game because it was an obvious lock but neither here nor there that was last week and this is this week and you know what team i'm still very much down on even though they do seem to be tough the tennessee titans you're a bunch of jokes So, folks, with the Baltimore Ravens lock of the week, I'm not getting off of this train. I'm not taking these eggs out of the basket. Sure, a couple might have been broken, but I'm staying true to my guns, and I'm firing straight through. You hammer the Baltimore Ravens minus four. I don't care if it gets to minus five. Baltimore's going to come out pissed off. Their defense played lights out against Pittsburgh, except for a couple plays, okay? That game, that loss to Pittsburgh, was an abnormality. It is a division game. Tennessee is not a division opponent and Baltimore is going to come out and kick their heads in, in jolly old London town and give us the boring ass London games that we usually get, which are one-sided affairs where the other one team scores all the points. The other team does nothing. And you just get to watch three hours of them just doing crowd shots of all the funny outfits in the stadium they are in. So give me Baltimore. Baltimore. Minus four, minus five, minus six, I don't care. They're going to rock the Tennessee Titans. Please, Baltimore, pull it back. Get it going. And let's not be dumb this week.
1: Yeah. Sean uh, Harbaugh is not a good coach anymore. Like, I'm for sure of it. They're, uh, I'm a fan of the Jaguar Gator 9 channel on YouTube, who does uh, dumbest decisions every week. And this is this week was the second time he did a video on John Harbaugh because he is an idiot. He did it. He's done two on uh, Josh McDaniels this year too already. Because yeah, those both of those guys are real bad. But uh, uh, yeah, John Harbaugh. I'm surprised he's a Super Bowl winning coach. To be honest with you, he makes so many dumb decisions and. He, I just, I don't even know what to say. That game was bad, but I do know one of the things you did say about that game last week was you didn't care that it was a division game because that didn't matter because the Ravens were going to win. I
0: think the
1: only reason the Ravens lost was because it was a division game. And it just, crazy stuff happens. when, Especially in the AFC North. That one seems like you can never predict that division. Especially, I don't know. But that being said, I'm down on Tennessee too. I who did they play last week? I don't even remember at this point. It's been so long since Sunday. Uh, let me see. They played Indianapolis. They lost. They so lost. They're not, they're not three and two. They're two and three. See, it's been so long since Sunday. I I messed that up. Uh, yeah, Tennessee isn't that great. I have Baltimore all day. I mean, Garner Minshew beat them. And don't get me wrong, Garner mintrys is good, but yeah, still. Moving on. Next game, noon, Sunday. We have, these are the correct uh, records. Records. Thanks, Chaz. No problem. We have Washington Red. Nope. <laughs> Twice. <Houston Banders. laughs> two and three. Traveling two. The 3-2 Atlanta Falcons. I'm the whole time I'm saying, don't say Braves. Don't say Braves. <laughs> I'm just all over the place right now. Atlanta is favored by 2.5 with a 42.5 point over-under and 68% favors Atlanta. And i telling you right now, I'm taking Atlanta because it's in Atlanta. And I should have taken them last week. Yeah. Because I forgot the fact that Ritter has never lost a home game since college. Since
0: high school. No, no. I
1: mean, he didn't lose a single home game in college. I'm saying back all the way since college, Uh, he hasn't lost a home game. So I should have taken him last week. I can't believe I forgot about that. I'm not picking against him this week, and plus, Washington isn't that great.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll – I'll
1: take that back. Riverboat Ron isn't that great. And he needs – he shouldn't be called Riverboat Ron anymore. He's not a gambler. He plays it too safe
0: careful now be careful yeah he should be called tugboat charlie or something it's <laughs> it's definitely he's he's no I mean, longer a riverboat gambler he's just a little tiny lost, tugboat
1: lost to the freaking bears man
0: yeah and, I mean, and embarrassingly lost to the bears
1: rest in peace he's one of the greatest of all time but if he, he wouldn't have died on thursday night the night the bears were playing on thursday night i don't know if the bears were actually gonna win that game
0: no so here's my dilemma, because first of all, I will, I've will i already put the fun fact before up about Desmond Ritter, but I'll update it and put it up again. Bing, it right there for you folks. But yes, he's got to lose a game eventually, right, <laughs> at home? And the Commanders are coming off of a, you know, quasi-mini-buy. They didn't play since last Thursday. Atlanta just played in another knockdown-dragout battle. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to talk myself into it. You know what, Sam Howell? Maybe you are the answer. Maybe you're not. But you know what you do do? You throw the ball all over the field, and you're basically Taylor Heineke 2.0 for the commies. So I'm kind of getting behind you a little bit. You're you're giving me those little, like, old Taylor Heineke tingles that I got. And you're going to go out there, and you're going to beat Desmond Ritter. You're going to crush his home winning streak, And in that, he's going to get benched. And you're going to get your boy, our boy, our best friend, Taylor. My best friend. onto that football field, starting for the Atlanta Falcons. So give me the Washington commies. Let's go, Sam Howell. And by association, let's go, Taylor Heineke.
1: I, I actually like Sam Howell, too. And I think a lot of people aren't giving him time. Just like Jordan Love. He's only started six games, so it's just like chill out. Let these guys like get a feel for actually playing in the NFL before we like give them at least double digit games. I mean, is that too
0: much to ask? <laughs> oh, way too much, man! You are what, what? Who do you think we are, man? We don't have that kind of time. You get two games, and if you aren't good, then you're out. <laughs>
1: Well, moving on to a battle of two, one, and four teams and division rivals. We have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Chicago Bears. It's at noon on Sunday. Minnesota is favored by two and a half. the a 44 and a half point over under. And uh, the fans have it at 67% Minnesota. Who you got in this game and why? Because I honestly think it's 50-50. <laughs>
0: So, man, I, the Vikings are, this year is such, it's, I, I just love the perfect symmetry that is the universe and that the script writers for the NFL give us. Last year, the Vikings were a absolute dog shit team that had this astounding record. Like legitimately, you looked at their record, you were like, that's gonna be the super bowl winning team there right like they won so many games they were a terrible team all year they had a negative point differential they were just bad they just got lucky week after week and this year this year the vikings are actually a pretty good team like they are scrappy (laughs) af they are not messing around they're doing it with pieces like They lost Justin Jefferson in this game. They have no running game at all. Like, legitimately, they can't run the ball to save their lives. Yet, they're in every one of these games. They just took Kansas City to the limit. And if it weren't for the refs, they probably could have won that game. He's being
1: investigated for
0: bribery. Or at least tied it, take it to overtime. Like, they only lost by seven. And then you have the Chicago Bears, who... Well, they suddenly remembered how to play offense for these past two weeks. They've put up almost a hundred points over these last two games. Justin Fields suddenly looks like an NFL quarterback, and DJ the defense Moore. is Yeah, and the defense is still garbage. So, first of all, this is where the golden lock of the week is going, <laughs> folks. Hammer this over. Hammer it! Golden lock of the week hammer the over of this Minnesota-Chicago game because, folks, ain't no one playing no defense in this game, and you know it to be true. And also, it might be a sloppy, rainy day. And you know what that leads to? Turnovers and pick sixes and fumbles and short fields. I can see a lot of just garbage touchdowns being scored in this game from bad field conditions, and Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins are going to light it up you have them been fantasy folks, I would start them. I would hammer this. I would get as many players from this game in as you could. And hopefully next week, I will not eat those words. But yes, golden lock of the week, the over. And because I do think this is a 50-50 game, Diesel, I agree with that. You know, I'm picking against the Vikings. So give me the Chicago Bears. Why not? Every time I pick them, they lose though. So Diesel, I will give you that piece of trivia. And when I pick against the Bears, they win. So, but I'm going to pick the Bears. I mean,
1: I'm kind of feeling the Bears in this game, too. But like I said, it's 50-50. I would be way more confident if Minnesota did have Justin Jefferson. But Kirk Cousins is slinging the ball around this year. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't a bad quarterback. And, like, I don't – like – I mean, I like to make fun of Kirk Cousins because he plays for the Vikings, but he's better than any quarterback Chicago has had in the history of their organization. That is a fact. Yeah. And
0: you like that?
1: Because of that, it is 50-50. I'm going with Minnesota and you because you picked Chicago. Why not? I need to get some games on you, so hopefully I can get lucky and maybe... Uh, Minnesota will win, I mean, if it's a one possession game, they're gonna lose. They're only winning one one possession game this year, and they already did it.
0: They already so, done it.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm gonna go with Minnesota, so they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to win by nine, just so I can, it has to be one possession. But, Hammer uh, the over, folks. Hammer! I agree with that. There isn't gonna be no defense in this game. It the Both teams are gonna score 40, at least. So. I'm excited. That game should be pretty fun to watch. Not going to lie.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's going to be the game of the week on here in Wisconsin because it's two North teams playing each other. So yep. that will take precedence.
1: Moving on to Sunday at noon. We have the 3-1 Seattle Seahawks traveling to the 2-3 and Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati is favored by 2.5 with a 45-point over-under and 66% favor Cincinnati and this game is tough because Cincinnati actually looked good last week. Jamar Chase finally got some touchdowns. Joe Burrow (laughs) didn't look what?
0: I said always open.
1: Always open. He was too. Joe Burrow didn't look like the calf was really affecting him. He was pretty mobile. He was running the ball but then, I mean, that being said, they were playing Arizona, and Arizona finally looked like the team that we thought they were going to look like. And and you turn back into a pumpkin. Maybe the first month of the season was just all a fluke. I kind of wish I wouldn't have picked them last week now. But that also makes me think, like, are the Bengals good? Like, I don't know what the Bengals. I think they're getting T. Higgins back this week. I think that's what I heard. So that should definitely help. But Seattle is coming off a bye, and their offense is just nasty. And I don't think Cincinnati's defense is very good. And I think that Seattle has a better defense than Cincinnati. I'm going with Seattle because I just think they edge them out in like every category besides like quarterback and maybe wide receiver, but they're close at wide receiver.
0: Ooh, it's so close. That's it, nasty. Yeah.
1: It is. But yeah, I'm going Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, I'm going Seattle, and. Yeah, it is close, though. I really do think that... I think this will be another good game. I'm just not sold on Cincinnati anymore. I'm not sure if they're good, but I think we'll have more answers after this week.
0: Oh, 100%. We're going to have some real answers about both these teams. So, first of all, uh, if you know me and you've listened to either last season of us doing this podcast or you've ever talked to me, I hate picking against teams coming off the bye Coming off the bye, basically, to me, is the golden free pass that you better win your next game. Like, you've had two weeks to prepare for this. You are not tired. You are rested. You are as recovered as you could be in a season. This should be a game that you circle as a W. Every every year, your game after your bye should be a guaranteed W for a team. But I told you, Cincinnati uses that first month of the season as a preseason and boy howdy did that preseason tune-up of those first four games seem to help because wow. And yes, it was against the Arizona Fighting Chickens, but hey, Arizona had been competitive with everyone else they played through 90% of the game. Cincinnati beat the brakes off of Arizona from bell to bell. It was, it wasn't close. I mean, my, I pretty much just threw that parlay out the minute that game started. After, after I watched like the first like opening drive, I was like, well, Arizona is not winning this game, and this is not going to hit. So I guess I'll move on to Sunday Night Football. Because, dang, all you got to do is get Jamar Chase the ball, and that team just cooks. Joe Mixon didn't even have that good a game. No one else on that team had a, any kind of a good game. Didn't matter. Jamar Chase blew up. I would love to take the Seattle Sea Chickens here because they're coming off their bye. And I do, I'd have to eat some crow on this because they're a way better team than I thought they were going to be this year. Geno Smith does look like he is a above average to good quarterback in the NFL. And that offense is just sick, nasty. But give me Cincinnati here. I think that they're pushing the right buttons. And they're gonna just get healthier and better and better, and they're gonna probably reel off, you know, five, six, seven wins here in a row, and then they're gonna lose another stupid game. But Cincinnati gets up for the big games, so I think they can beat Seattle here.
1: It was huge for Cincinnati that uh, Pittsburgh won too, because that gets that them a game closer. It's ah uh, oh man. These division races early are really like intriguing already. Like, I don't know how some of them are going to end up. This one's going to go right down to the wire, and I'm all for it.
0: If so, only Baltimore would have done what they were supposed to do,
1: they were who they thought we were, whatever it was. Uh, anyways, I like what you said about not liking to pick against a team that's off their bye. Because in this next game, I think there's a 100% chance you're not picking the team that's coming off their bye. Because at noon on Sunday, we have the 5-0 and San Francisco 49ers traveling to the 2-2 and Cleveland Browns. San Francisco's only favored by 6.5, which is kind of a shocker. But, uh, it's, and it's only an over-under of 37. Uh, 96% favor San Francisco in this game. So, uh, I mean, I'm not picking against San Francisco. I said this last week. I don't see a week this year where I'm going to pick against them. And it's going to come back to bite me. I know it will because they're not going undefeated because to, to do that is nearly impossible. And we've only seen that once in our lifetimes They're undefeated regular season. So it's... And there's a whole extra happen, game you have to
0: do it now, too. It wouldn't just be 16-0. and It would be 17-0.
1: Which is even more impressive. San Francisco is not going to lose to the Browns. I think, like, Christian McCaffrey, he kind of got a week off last week. Like, he only had 12 points in fantasy. So... (laughs) Only 12. I I think uh, he's going to come in this game rested, and he's going to get back to his, like, 20-point, 22-point average. So... Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, San Francisco is going to win this game by more than six and a half. And if I were betting on the over-under, I would take the over all day because San Francisco is going to score a lot of points in this game. And I know Cleveland has good defense, but man, San Francisco just has a way of wearing teams out. They're so fast. And just, yeah, San Francisco is good.
0: Yeah, uh, 100%. Once again, I'm picking two teams coming off their bye to lose because Without question, I am picking San Francisco. I've said it. You have said it. In good conscience, there is no reason that you would pick against them, uh, barring a major, major like series of injuries. Not just like one injury either. It would have to be a like like half of the team would have to just get wiped off the map or something. Like we have the Dark Knight situation where the field just gets blown up and they lose their entire starting defense. Okay. That's when I would have to start picking against San Francisco. But yes, the bronze lock of the week. Hammer that over, folks. San Francisco has scored 30-plus points in, I think, eight or nine straight games. They are going to cover this over by themselves. I bet by the time that this game actually kicks off, the over will be closer to probably like 40 I'm sure I bet it will climb that many points in this few days. Cause as we've said before, we record this podcast on a Wednesday. So there's still, you know, five days till Sunday. But yes, bronze lock of the week, hammer that over. God, I love that over. I am putting it on every card that I can get it on. And I don't care. If it gets up to 41, I'm still going to be hammering that over. But San Francisco is going to win this game. I just, the question is, by how much do they win this game? Because San Francisco is leagues and leagues above everyone else, it feels like. They are not beating teams, they're destroying teams. They make you look bad. Like They make you look like you don't know how to play football.
1: They're a complete team. They're the only complete team in the NFL in my opinion. Yep. And like I said last week, they're giving me Stockholm syndrome because I have half their team on fantasy. And I mean, Kind of like it, but, I mean, that's just the Stockholm Syndrome talking. So, moving on to the next game at noon on Sunday. We have 0-5 Carolina Panthers traveling to the 4-1 and Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are favored by 13.5 with a 48.5 point over-under. And, yeah, Dolphins are a 99% fan pick to win. And,
0: yeah,
1: is Carolina going to win a game this year? They don't have any weapons. Like, What are you talking about? They got Adam Thielen. Thielen. They got Adam <laughs> Thielen, but, like, feeling, I mean, and he's having a resurgence because last year he sucked. He did. Um, But, I mean, he's not the guy that you – like, you need a guy – Like, DJ Moore would have been great to have with Bryce Young, someone that you can build your, like, offense around, this combination of Young to Moore. I thought that was the stupidest trade, in my opinion, when they gave up two first rounds and DJ Moore. It's like, that was the only way you were going to get the first round, the first pick from the Bears? That was, uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, Especially when, like, I know, and I, once again, I am a big believer in uh, Young. I think he will be a good NFL quarterback. I think he's just going to take a little time. But there was a, multiple. Richardson was still going to be there. <laughs> Bryce. Uh, I mean, CJ Stroud would have still been there. Like to trade up and give that much away for that one guy. Like <laughs> you got fleeced. I- I, don't, I mean, I don't think Bryce Young is going to be the next John Elway or Patrick Mahomes, so I don't think it was worth it for that. I think he's going to be a good NFL starter for the next you know, decade.
1: This but isn't it, helping him.
0: Yeah, but yeah, giving up every one of your draft picks and your best wide receiver to get him definitely is not going to help any situation. So as I said last week, Carolina is very poorly ran. They're a bad organization, and they are definitely in free fall right now.
1: I mean, this is how you ruin young QBs, though. Like, there's been a lot of QBs that were highly touted coming into the league. And I know sometimes they just don't transition. But in Bryce Young's case, he looked like a perfect NFL quarterback. And I don't know. I just I don't like how they just didn't do anything. They didn't give him any weapons. It's... It was very, very far-sighted on their part, or nearsighted. I don't know which one it is. It was not good. That's what I'm trying to say. And there's no way I'm picking Carolina in this game because Miami, they're beasts. And even without A-chain, which, man, that sucks that he went down because he's been the probably most electric player of the first quarter of this season. Just came out of nowhere. And, yeah, it sucks. I hate to see that. But I mean, most starts still good. And they still have Waddle and they still have Tree Kill and they still have Tua and they don't have a bad defense. And Mike McDaniel is a crazy, crazy, crazy guy, but he's really good at coaching. So I got Miami all day without question. Yeah. 13 and a half points. I would be surprised if it was under that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So couple fun facts that I don't need to flash up on the screen because I looked them up before. Actually, I saw one of these on Sunday. And by one of them, I saw them both on Sunday. And I remembered to write them down so I could say them this week on the podcast because I think they're amazing stats. So, first of all, on the catch and run by Tyreek Hill this past week where he, I think it was like 60-some yards, he didn't score a touchdown, but he ran all the way back across the field. Tyreek Hill reached a speed of 22 miles per hour. As a human being, that is insanity. But the crazy fact is that that is the fastest speed recorded this year in the NFL so far. But the fun fact is that all seven of the top speeds recorded in the NFL this year are all Miami Dolphins players.
1: That's, that is nuts. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Dolphins bandwagon. I said it many, many times. And I ain't... Jumping off anytime soon. I like the makeup of this team. Like there isn't much about this team that I don't like. So I'm find myself rooting for the Dolphins every single week. And that's weird for me because growing up, I did not like the Dolphins. And I didn't have like a reason not to like the Dolphins. I think Dan Marino just annoyed me when I was a kid. I don't know why. I think it was his face. But yeah. And laces out, Dan. But yeah.
0: See, my best friend growing up, for some unknown reason, to both of us, neither of us know, always was a Dolphins fan growing up. So I've always hated the Dolphins, not just because of being a Patriots fan, but because you also, generally, you like to root against your best friend's favorite thing. You know, it's just something you do just to really, you know, needle your best friend a little bit, you know?
1: That way you're wearing, like, Dolphins green right now?
0: I actually realized that, as you said, the bandwagon stuff. I was like, shit, I am wearing basically a Dolphin sweatshirt. Uh, But I do have a fun fact number two about the Dolphins offense this year. The Dolphins offense through five weeks has produced 2,545 scrimmage yards, which is a new NFL record, which dethrones the previous holders, the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams of the year 2000, who had put up 2,527 yards. So not only are they the fastest players in the entire NFL right now, they are also putting up yards at a rate that is beyond anything we've ever seen. The Dolphins, if Tua stays healthy and doesn't go out with an injury or anything like that, are going to be next to impossible to stop all year. I got the Dolphins. Bonus lock of the week, put it on minus 13. If I just don't see how they can keep it close. that Carolina isn't a good team. They couldn't keep it close against the Lions. And I think the Dolphins are here and the Lions are here, which means Carolina's down here. And by that math, ain't gonna work for Carolina keeping it close.
1: I mean, there's there's been a lot of good records that have been broken through like the first five weeks of the season. Like you have uh, uh, Puka Nakua, he had the catch. Or he basically had the catch record through five weeks at four. Yeah, that's how that's how crazy his season has been. You have CJ Stroud, who has yet to throw a pick up through five games, who set the. Uh, record for most past attempts without throwing a pick to start a career and you have that insane like record that you just said this season has been off to like a stellar start with stuff like that and I love it love every minute of it love it moving on to the next game I think we have another game I don't know actually I'm not even gonna say I'm just gonna I just want to hear what you say about this one. we have at noon on Sunday four and one Detroit Lions traveling to the 3 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Detroit's favored by three with a 44-point over-under. And the fans have Detroit at 85%. Very interested in hearing your take. Because, like, I would think that you're going to take Detroit, but I don't know. There's something – I don't know. I have a weird feeling about you. <laughs>
0: For the first time this week america i get to say my new favorite phrase you dumb you know nothing because the buccaneers are gonna win this game yes coming off the bye week i've been waiting for this game this whole time because this this is the game this is the buccaneers game to win they're coming off their bye week they're at home they're coming up against a lions team that is flying high once again All of the smoke is being blown up their kitty tushies. And they are so high on themselves, they have to come down to Tampa Bay. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Detroit ain't hot and humid. It's cold. It's cold up here. They aren't going to be ready for it. They play in a dome usually. Hopefully it's rainy. And you know what? Baker Mayfield, I'm the one on this bandwagon now, Diesel. I know you've ridden it for a long time. But move on over, buddy, because I'm jumping on right next to you. Let's go, Baker. Their defense, I don't know a single name on it, but you know what? A Tampa Bay defense is pretty damn good. Oh, Vita You're right. I did know one name. Uh, Shaq. Lawson? Uh, uh, yeah. Ha! All right, two. All right, we got two. I think Tampa Bay can win this game. I really do. I think that, once again, Detroit is a good team. They are a very good team but they're not great. And you know what happens to very good teams? They lose some games that you probably shouldn't lose. And once again, Tampa Bay, two weeks of preparation at home. That Mike Evans is going to be healthy for the game. He's had these two weeks to rest that hamstring. Baker is on a revenge course. And I just, this is a game I see the Lions losing. Give me the Buccaneers.
1: Every time we get the Buccaneers versus the Lions, it reminds me of the old NFC Central days, the bottom dwellers. These two teams were always in the basement fighting to not be at the bottom. Um, So that's the case this year. Both of the teams, I like Tampa Bay. And you know what? Like I said last week with the Bills and Jaguars, there was a grave mistake for me not to pick the Jaguars. And I was right about that were i knew i shouldn't picked the jaguars i even admitted it on here but i didn't because i told myself i can't pick against the bills doing the same thing here with detroit like i know i should pick tampa bay i know i should but i'm not gonna do it because i can't pick against detroit <laughs> i just can't do it right now because like it's it's a weird thing i'm a packers fan but part of me is kind of like maybe not like on the detroit bandwagon and I'm like on the skateboard behind, just like hanging on, you know?
0: <laughs> a little Back to the Future style, you know, just yeah, exactly. you know, hitching a ride.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm not like on the bandwagon, but like part of me is definitely rooting for them because they've always been the lovable losers. And like, and then they beat the Packers. Like they were the better team. There's no doubt about it. So like, and I have no shame admitting that. And like I said earlier, it's not the Packers year. So, like, if if Detroit's here, I'm all for that. I'm going Detroit in this game. That's fair. Next, we have at noon on Sunday the 3-2 Indianapolis Colts traveling to the 3-2 Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville is favored by four with a 45 and a half point favorite. I mean over under. And ESPN fan vote is 86% on Jacksonville. I'm going to start with this game. And even though starting a back quarterback, I'm taking Indianapolis for the fact that Jacksonville has been in London the last two weeks. Yeah. And with it being the advantage last week, I think it's going to be a major disadvantage this week coming back and their bodies are still getting acclimated. I can't believe they didn't give Jacksonville a bye this week. Like that's cruel. That's really cruel. Why are you so mean?
0: Like I thought it was bad when they didn't give Atlanta a bye week when they came back, but they were only there for one game to not give the Jags a bye week after living in London for the past basically three weeks, almost a month. That is a real dick move NFL.
1: uh, Yeah, I, that's the only reason. I just feel like they're going to be sluggish I mean, and they haven't, they've only won one game on American soil this year. That's true. Um, And I believe it was against the Colts. So, that's why they're going to (laughs) lose.
0: Hey, what analysis right there from you, Diesel. I'm impressed. All right. It Uh, was week one. They lost to the, they beat the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't look good doing it, though. This
1: series is already going to be over in week six.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of series that are like that because Kansas City plays Denver this week, and then I think they played Denver again in, like, two weeks, like, almost right away. So their series is done by week eight, which is just very odd. Uh, But back to this game. I really – okay, so as you've done the past two where you're going to pick a team that you know you shouldn't, I'm going to pick Jacksonville here, but I 100% know I should not be. Everything points that Indy is going to win this game. Not only has Jacksonville been living in London for basically the past month, but this is the Gardner Minshew revenge game that he never thought he would get. He gets to go back into the house that he built, and he gets to spite them and go, you threw me away like a piece of garbage when I brought Duval back. Like, Duval ain't happening without Gardner Minshew. Yep. So I, I, I'm I not going to go against it. I, I I am a big kitty guy. I'm so, I'm going to pick the big cat. I'm picking the Jaguars. But gosh darn it, should I know that I shouldn't be? Yes. Yes, I do. Because I'm terrified of this game. I am not putting any money on this game at all. You know my feelings on AFC South games. No money from Chad shall go on this game. And I, a little part of me, once again, kind of want to bet on a tie. I want to almost pick a tie in this game just to really screw with everything. But I'm just going to pick Jacksonville and move on with my life.
1: Okay, moving on. Last game at noon on Sunday. We have the 3-2 New Orleans Saints traveling to the 2-3 and three Houston Texans. New Orleans is favored by one and a half with a 42 and a half point over under. And the fan vote has New Orleans at 71%. Yeah. Uh, Houston, I thought we were gonna win that game on Sunday. I thought they were gonna be three and two this week and I was rooting for them. I There's something about this team, like CJ Stroud, like he's made me a fan. Pierce was lighting it up on Sunday. And that defense is playing really good. I think that Houston is coming along a lot faster than we thought they might. And I think like I I think CJ Stroud is the guy there. And I mean, it's early, but he's definitely the best quarterback to come out of this draft so far. And it's I don't think you can even argue that he isn't. But New Orleans, you just don't know what you're going to get with New Orleans. Their defense is really good, but are they going to put up points? I don't know. I, I'm going with Houston this game. I just have a sneaky suspicion that it's in Houston. I just have this feeling that it's going to be another close game, and this time I think they're going to come out on top. But I do think this is going to be the game where C.J. Stroud throws his first pick.
0: Yeah, probably the Honey Badger. He'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the oh, Honey Badger, Badger... Houston? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, 100% going to happen. Honey Badger with a pick six. Not, not, not a pick six, but at least a pick. I am also... I'm on Houston. I, I don't think New Orleans is very good. I know they just housed New England, and we'll get to that soon, but they did that with Derek Carr. Didn't even throw for 200 yards. Alvin Kamara doesn't look like his former self yet. He's... Clearly not in football shape yet. And Houston is just playing like a team that wants it more. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, They are a young team. They are out there going hard for D'Amico Ryan. And they're playing just like a vicious, vicious animal. Almost
1: like a Dan Campbell effect.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, same kind of thing where they just... They seem to be out-toughing other teams, and I 100% thought they were going to beat Atlanta, and young Wei koo just is a little bit better of a kicker, and that's why they won, and I don't think that uh, the Saints have that this week. So I also am on Houston.
1: You know, you were right. We are going to be talking about the Patriots real soon because they're actually in our next game and at 305 on Sunday we have the 1 and 4 New England Patriots traveling to the 2 and 3 Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are favored by 3 with 41 and a half point over under and fans are picking the Raiders at 86%. It's it's so weird to see that high of a fan pick for the Raiders and against the Patriots. It's just, I mean, I know with everything that's going on, I mean, it's just, it's surreal. <laughs> like, with like the way the world has been the last 25 years, the NFL world has been the last 25 years, it's too surreal to see that. But uh, yeah, Las Vegas, yeah, I don't know. That game on Monday night against the Packers, they they should have won that game, without a doubt. They should've won that game by more. They missed two field goals. The Packers shouldn't even have been in it at the end of the game. Josh McDaniels is just an idiot because he could've also ended the game on that fourth and one, but he, he decided to kick a field goal instead. I like Once again, watch uh, Jaguar Gator 9's dumbest decision because I love that guy. He gets so heated and he's right. There's so many things that I don't even notice that he like brings to my attention that this guy pays attention. So he doesn't have that many subscribers. So I suggest that you go, after you're done watching this, go subscribe to him and watch some of his great videos. But yeah, the Raiders, they, Jimmy G leads the NFL in interceptions and he missed the week. Uh, Yeah, they can't get Josh Jacobs going. They won't throw the ball to Devontae Adams. It's not like Devontae Adams wasn't open. He just wasn't looking his way. Like, there were plenty of times against the Packers that Devontae Adams was open. It was just, Kobe Jones had a good game. Um, Max Crosby had a good game. I just think that the reason the Packers lost was because they have, the Raiders have the better player on offense and the better player on defense. And even though, adams wasn't the reason they won the game max crosby was that guy is insane i've been i've been watching another youtube channel wi-fi willy raiders i don't know how i found this guy and he covers the raiders but i've been watching his stuff because i, I like the way i like the way he like does his videos and stuff like that so i actually have a little more knowledge on the raiders than i usually do but yeah they're not losing this game uh I don't understand the Patriots. It's one of the most fascinating things in the whole league right now. Uh, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. Like, I don't understand. Bill Belichick wanted to trade Mac Jones. I know he wanted to trade Tom Brady too. But I don't know. Bill Belichick is either an evil genius or he could be a fraud. All these years where, like, Tom Brady wasn't getting the credit and all the credit was going to Bill Belichick, and he kind of proved going to Tampa Bay that maybe that wasn't the case. And we're finally seeing the real Bill Belichick. I don't know. I asked you on Sunday if Bill Belichick is on the hot seat or if he has a lifetime membership as the Patriots head coach because I honestly don't know what Robert Kraft thinks. But, I mean, if I were the owner of the Patriots – I'd be seriously considering it right now. I'm not picking the Patriots, even though the Raiders suck. The Patriots are just a mess. Mac Jones is a mess. I don't have anybody to throw to. I heard rumors today that uh, the Raiders would trade for Mac Jones and start him over Jimmy G. That would be interesting. Um, (laughs) I know you'd be all for
0: it. I would 100% Uh, will be down for that.
1: Yeah, I just... I feel bad for the Patriots because, you know, like, I was backing them all year last year. Like, I'm telling you, they're a draft away from being a good team. And I felt like they had a really good draft. I feel like this team has been poorly managed. They should have done something different at quarterback in this offseason, especially if Bill Belichick doesn't like Mac Jones. I, just, I don't understand. And maybe you could give me more context on it because I just – from an outsider's perspective, I just don't understand what Bill Belichick is doing. So I'll I'll let you have a quarter.
0: Well, first of all, two more fun facts that I wrote down from the weekend that I saw. Uh, First of all, through five weeks of NFL action, the Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott has scored more points than the entire New England team, with Jake Elliott scoring fifty nine points so far this season, and New England scoring fifty five. Also, Mac Jones.
1: I have fun fact for you: I'm sorry to steal your thunder with the Raiders; they have yet to score twenty points yet in a game
0: this year. They have not. I, I did know that fact. Uh, but second, fun fact about the Patriots is Mac Jones has now thrown as many pick sixes in Gillette stadium as Tom Brady did his entire career as a Patriot. He has played in about one tenth of the games that Tom Brady played in Gillette saying these things for context. I have no f- clue, man. I don't, I don't really know how it turned so bad. So quickly legitimately, I, I mean, I thought that the we, I've been very adamant. I have been against Mac Jones since we drafted him. I said that, I'm sorry, no starting NFL quarterback has ever come from Alabama. And you want to know why? You don't learn to play quarterback in NFL, or at Alabama. You just learn to chuck the ball to three yards to your dynamic playmaker because they have every great player, or did. Now I know Alabama is also falling off the cliff. It's kind of a little weird that both the Patriots and Alabama are falling off the cliffs together. It's almost like Nick Saban and Bill Belichick want to ride off into the sunset together. Maybe that's what they're going to do with their later years. Who knows? But the Patriots team are god-awful right now. And Bill Belichick suffering in back-to-back weeks, his worst losses of his entire illustrious long, and I mean long long career i mean bill belichick's been coaching for longer than most people live it like he has been an nfl coach (laughs) forever like it's it's just what it is and they are so so bad right now and saying all of that diesel america you dumb so wrong because the patriots are winning this game diesel you did steal my thunder because the Raiders haven't scored 20 points once this season. They average 17 points a game. Now, yes, the Patriots average less. But you know what? <laughs> we got to get this game. Bill, you got to beat Josh McDaniels. After the way you lost to him last year and the way this season is going, there's two things you got to do with the rest of this season. A, you got to win this game against Josh McDaniels. And B, you got to beat the Jets because we can't let that streak go. Besides that, lose the rest of the games. We want to be in the Caleb Williams Bowl at the end of this season for the high draft picks. But this week, this week, it's about pride. This week, it's about Josh McDaniels. You are a garbage fire of a coach. And you know what? You can't make us look worse than you. You deserve to be getting all of this hatred and you keep getting lucky and you squeaking out victories. You didn't deserve to beat the Packers this last week. The Packers beat the Packers themselves. All right? You didn't win that game at all. Your coaching almost lost them that game. And I swear, I swear to God, Josh McDaniels lucks into a win against the Patriots this week, again, like they did last year. I'm going to lose it. And I, I know, once again, this is the comeuppance. My entire life has been a cakewalk as a Patriots fan, besides my very young years when the Packers beat them in the Super Bowl. After that, it's been all the gravy train, basically. So I deserve this, but I still hate it. And I need, I need this win. I, I need the Patriots to beat the Raiders. And because I did it last week against them, I'm doing it this week and hoping it's good mojo. This is the Silver Lock of the Week, folks. New England is winning this game. Take the points. Even if the Raiders do win this game, they're going to win it in a fluky-ass way, and they're not going to win by more than three. They'll win by two at the most. Silver Lock of the Week, Patriots.
1: There are two things. Did you see Mark Davis call uh, Josh McDaniels an asshole from the owner's box?
0: I did. I did see that.
1: Dude, you're the owner, man. Like, just fire him. Like, well, <laughs> like, you did see this. Also, a couple I also weeks. Got sweet things. Oh. Uh, another thing is if Josh McDaniels gets fired this year, which I actually think he will be fired in season, what are the odds that John Gruden comes back? So, I actually think they're pretty high because Mark Davis didn't want to fire him in the first place. I, I Time
0: heals all wounds.
1: I would think that. I'm, I'm for it. I mean, I mean the guy did something really stupid, but yeah, like he's a good coach. I mean, I, that shouldn't be justification, and I probably sound ignorant for saying that. And, but yeah, I'm gonna move on to my last thing that I was gonna say. Uh, your uh, critique on Alabama quarterbacks—they uh, got uh, Tua, and you also got Jalen Hurts, and you're really high on Bryce Young. But you know what? You know what? Just prove me never wrong. Been about a good quarterbacks come out of
0: you know NBA what. Family. I hate I hate you. I hate you so much right now, and I just I'm really mad. All right, just really mad. <laughs> just just so mad. I just I hate Mac Jones so much. He, I he don't just, blame you. It just makes me so. He like it, watching him play football is like watching Iowa football on repeat. It's painful, and I don't know how I'm supposed to do this like day after day. It just how do you do this? How, how do Iowa fans say Iowa fans?
1: Uh, I don't know. They're tight end universities, so that's how they survive. They get they have tight ends and defensive ends. They have them coming out of the wazoo. That's all I know. Um, yeah. Moving on to the next game. We have the at three twenty-five on Sunday. We have the one and four Arizona Cardinals traveling to the two and three Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by seven with a forty-eight and a half point over under, and the fans have the Rams at ninety-five percent. And I can't disagree with that. Cooper Cup looks healthy, and Puga uh, he scored a touchdown. They, yeah. Arizona, I'm off that. They're like, I thought they were gonna beat Cincinnati. I really did think they were gonna beat Cincinnati. But I also realized that they just had a little uh, fairy dust sprinkled on them for the season that gave them an extra little boost. Almost an angel dust. <laughs> that was-
0: You got that was an great. angel with you.
1: Yeah, there you go. Are you an angel? Screw you.
0: But uh, I got the Rams in this game. Uh, Yeah, I don't have much to say about this game at all. I 100% have the Rams. The Arizona Fighting Chickens are who they thought they were. And the Rams are who I thought they were. Yeah, they lost to the Eagles, but they didn't lose to the Eagles badly and just couldn't get over the hump in that second half. The Eagles defense just kept closing the door on them. And third down, they were moving the ball, but they just couldn't score any points, so... I think the out-coached. Rams are by far a better team than Arizona. And I think that they're going to maybe challenge for a wildcard spot come the end of the season.
1: I really feel like they got coached. I really feel like uh, Kevin Stefanski is the real deal. Um, wait, no, that's not That's the Browns coach. Uh, uh,
0: what's his name? No, I can't think of the Eagles coach. Yeah,
1: whatever, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. He was just in the Super Bowl last year. I should know his name. I feel like an idiot now. I just made myself look like an idiot in front of the whole world. I do that every week. I don't know why I'm surprised. I don't, I'm not surprised that you didn't notice a couple weeks ago that I got all the games wrong for who was the home team and who the away
0: team was. Oh, I, I knew because uh, I did the graphics. I just let it go. Yeah,
1: I was re-watching it, and I'm like, oh, no. Hopefully nobody noticed that, but I don't brought to everybody's attention. But,
0: uh... <laughs> um... Doing my best.
1: Moving on to the last afternoon game on Sunday. We have the uh, 5-0 Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the 2-3 New York Jets. The Eagles are only favored by 7. That's because the Jets actually have a good defense. Um, over-under is 41. Mm, maybe. And the Eagles fan vote have the Eagles at 96%. Mm. You, I think I picked the last few games first. You can go first with this one.
0: I just, I mean, the Eagles, I'm still not sold on them, folks. I, I know that the defense is. It might be for real. I think it is. I, I might have jumped the gun on saying that this defense wasn't as good as it is. I don't think it's a great defense, but it's damn good. <clears throat> this offense, on the other hand, though, I just, I'm not sold. I think that they are still trying to figure some stuff out. And if they don't have the tush push and AJ Brown doesn't just light it up every single game, like, I mean, they're not averaging a ton of points there. They're, they're going to win this game. Obviously, I, I'm not going to talk myself into a Jets victory in this game. But I just think for the long haul that it's the Eagles are obviously the second best team in the NFC right now. But I think the chasm between one and two is much greater than the distance between like two and three, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. I have the Eagles as well. That being said, I do feel like uh, Zach Wilson is showing a little more confidence. Um, I feel like he out-dueled Patrick Mahomes a couple weeks ago. He played well against the Broncos. I mean, he had a few mistakes, but I mean, he's...
0: He's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson.
1: <laughs> um, they need to get the ball to Brees Hall. And that was... That was pretty much... Brees Hall and Bryce Hall were the difference makers this week for the Jets. Yeah. So if Brees Hall is the hero on offense, Bryce Hall will be the hero on defense. That's the way it's going to go. But I don't think that's going to happen this week, because I do think the Eagles are really good. I... I don't know why I don't think their offense is that good or they're figuring stuff out. Swift has been really good. Like he's shown that that trade was worth it. Um, Goddard is quietly one of the best tight ends in the league that no one ever really talks about as much. And he's also the name of uh, Jimmy Neutron's dog. This here is my dog, Goddard. There was another point. Oh, and they have... How long have you been waiting to drop
0: that bit of knowledge? Like, have you just been sitting on that for, like, how long? I got to get a Dick Goddard reference in there.
1: to be honest, I just thought of that right now. Okay. (laughs) For real, it just, like, hit me. I'm like, oh, they have the same name. Uh, (laughs) um, And then uh, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league with arguably the best center, Jason Kelsey. I don't know. And Jalen Hurts isn't too shabby himself. I think the Eagles are pretty good, but I don't think they're better than the 49ers. And honestly, if the 49ers had a quarterback and the NFC Championship last year, they probably would have beat the Eagles. Yeah. Um, but that's, we'll probably find out this year in this year's playoffs. Cause I'm, would not be surprised if that's the NFC Championship, but go Lions. Uh, yeah, I got the Eagles. I don't think it's going to be much of a game. I think 41 for the over-under is actually pretty good because I think that the Jets will keep the score down. I think both defenses are pretty good, and the score's not going to be super high. But moving I on, Sunday Night that. Football, we get the New York Giants again in primetime. This is like the fourth time in like six weeks that we yeah. get the Giants in primetime. Uh, they're 1-4 traveling to the three and two buffalo bills bills are favored by 14 with a 45 point over under espn fan vote has them at 99 the bills that is winning this game and honestly i think the bills are gonna be angry because they really they didn't show up to london and i know that they're traveling back to america but i mean Giants are that bad. Giants don't have a defense. They don't have a receiver on that team. They have the worst receiving corner in the league. I don't know if Saquon's playing, but I don't even think that matters, to be honest with you. Daniel Jones is showing his true colors. Yeah, I just don't. I think the Bills are one of the better teams coming off of a loss. They proved that a couple weeks ago after they lost in week one. I just, yeah. I don't see this being a game and I actually might skip it. I probably won't, but if I was gonna skip a game, this would be the one I would skip.
0: Yeah, 100% would be the game I would skip. Uh, I am definitely on the bills here as well. I uh, once again do wanna hark back to our preview show just one more time, probably not, I'll do it again, I guarantee in another episode. But when we did that preview show way back when, I remember like when we did the NFC East, I accidentally left the Giants out. And after we finished the show up, I remember thinking to myself, man, that was really dumb. Like the Giants are a good team. They have a great coach and their quarterback is ascending and Saquon Barkley is going to be back and they're going to, this receiver core is going to come together and that defense is going to be there. And no, no, none of those things are true. Not a single one. They are the epitome of a team that made the playoffs it's going to go to a bottom dweller they're they're going to be the one of those teams that proves the rule that it happens every year because god they're bad they are bad then like it's not brian gable's fault like like he's trying they just can't do anything on either side of the ball they are inept at wide receiver they have no offensive line and without saquon barkley the white Michael Vick that is Daniel Jones doesn't run. It just doesn't work. And they're a bad, bad team. The Bills all day.
1: I, I feel like they made a mistake by paying Daniel Jones. I feel – I heard an interesting thing this week. I forgot where I heard it. I think I heard it on, like, the radio, some, some talk show. Um, teams aren't paying for these quarterbacks – because they think that they're the guy, they're paying these quarterbacks because they don't want to find the guy. Because that's, it's so hard to find that guy. They just want to have somebody and they're paying in the hopes that they're the guy, even though they know they're not the guy. It was it was more eloquent than that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, it makes sense to me. Like Daniel Jones is probably like the perfect example of that. Like. The Giants needed to go out and find a new quarterback, but they didn't want to because that's too hard. And they already have one that they've already invested time into. So we might as well pay him and maybe he'll pan out, but I don't think it's going to work out for them. And he's not going to play through this whole contract. I like can almost promise you that he'll be on some other team. I'm sure. Some other team will give him a chance to start. It'll be a, a backup and for a bad team. and. Come a starter again because of injury. I don't know, but yeah, I think that the Daniel Jones experiment in New York probably should be done, and they're in the Caleb Williams bowl right now, or whatever. Sweepstakes. I keep calling it a
0: bowl. Yeah, sweep it's free. really a sweepstakes. I sweep I'm sticks, just an idiot. And I'm using the wrong terminology.
1: Sweepstakes, and they could get them if that's the case. Yeah, I would do it. I would definitely do it, and say. Bye-bye, Daniel Jones, and and take Mac Jones with you.
0: Like, how much longer until the NFL just doesn't pay anyone? Like, how long until the NFL is just like, you have a five-year career, that's it, and then we're just going to replace you with a new college guy?
1: I mean, that's what they already do at running back.
0: Yeah, so how long until it's every position?
1: Right? I don't know. Yeah, pretty soon you're going to be seeing, like, the average retirement age is 25 in the NFL. No. <laughs> Except at quarterback. Quarterbacks, well, they'll always go in. Quarterbacks and kickers. I was just going to say,
0: quarterbacks, kickers, and punters. They're the only yeah. ones that are going to make it to 40. Every one of them, everyone else retires at 25.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, moving on to Monday Night Football. This is actually an interesting game. We have the 3-2 and two Dallas Cowboys traveling to the 2-2 two two Los Angeles Chargers. Dallas is favored by two, with a 51 point over-under. Uh, Dallas has the fan vote at 52%. We got in this game.
0: This this is, I think, the toughest game of the week to call. And it is... I I truly... I'm, I'm going into starting this conversation with you right now, not knowing which way I'm going to go with this pick. Because... I know where
1: I'm going to go, so if you want me to go first, I can...
0: I would love to hear your thoughts on it because I truly, I am not sure right now. I've gone back and forth on this game a lot.
1: I have three reasons why I'm picking the Los Angeles Chargers. Reason number one, you know that Texas and California are relatively close, but Texas is a big state. And I mean, it is different time zones. They're going from the central time zone to the Pacific time zone. That will affect you a little bit. Even though Dallas just got rocked by San Francisco, I think San Francisco exposed them, and they showed a lot of their weaknesses in this game. Another reason, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, and he was the one who was the scapegoat last year of why the Cowboys failed at the end of the season, and I don't think he was the problem. I think it was Mike McCarthy, and I think he's going to go out there and he's going to out-coach Mike McCarthy, and he's like, it's going to be a statement game for him. I feel like this is just a transitional job for Kellen Moore. I think he'll be a head coach next year. Um, And the third reason... Chargers were just on their bye. I I like and they have Justin Herbert, who probably has been the best quarterback this year overall. And like there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this game. I know Dallas has a good defense. But there's one thing that the Chargers do well, and that is score a lot of points. I think Dallas is going to get their points in too because the Chargers don't have a very good defense, and Brandon Staley is their coach, and he runs their defense, and they suck. But I do think that uh, the Chargers offense is going to come out on top in this one, and that's why I got the Chargers.
0: Oh, I don't don't like this game at all. I don't like this because I – I think that you are right, I think San Francisco exposed Dallas, but I do think Dallas is a good enough team that they can fix some stuff and come back together and come out swinging against a San Diego Chargers team. Yeah, I said San Diego and I don't care. Chargers team that is broken. I know that they are there's a, so many good pieces on this team, but I'm telling you there's something rotten in Denmark. I just it's the head coach and he's just bad and i just can't trust him even coming off a bye but i don't trust dak prescott at all and dak is the dak is what my hang up here is i would i really want to pick dallas even though they just got rocked by san francisco even though it's going against my bye week rule even though i do like the chargers sort of kind of not really at all screw it you know what I'll give you a chance, Diesel. I think this is another 50-50 game. I think America is right at being 52%. I think it could go either way. But, yeah, give me Dallas and a bounce-back situation. They have to listen to all of the pundits just rip on them all week, giving them so much bulletin board material. They have to wait all the way till Monday night to play. That is just so much motivation and I'm gonna go the opposite way where Mike McCarthy is gonna make his statement saying, I am better than you, Kellen Moore. So you are weren't needed and that's why we got rid of you.
1: So after making all these picks, there's a couple of things that I've noticed.
0: I go against all my own rules.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, that's one of them, I was gonna say that. The first thing I noticed was every single like fan vote has the favorite. That's one thing. Another thing is you picked three out of four of the teams that were on bye last week to lose. <laughs>
0: I know. I know I did.
1: And That's it's crazy. And another thing is we have seven different games this week. So, like, let's say that you beat me in all seven of those games. You could have a really big lead.
0: No, no, no. This is the week. This is the, cl- this is the collapse. This is the collapse. This I don't a- know,
1: man. I don't know, there's some game I don't know. This this tells me that this is the hardest week to pick. Because we're usually on the same page. Lately we've been on the same page on a lot of things and we even agreed on some things, even though we picked different teams. I don't know, this is this is gonna be a weird week. There's gonna be some change in the standings after this week and yeah.
0: I don't I'm I don't just, like I don't I'm excited like this one to bit. see what
1: happens. It's gonna be a good week.
0: I'm scared. I'm really scared. Do
1: you have any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up?
0: Uh, I just dropped my pen, so if you're watching (laughs) the video, that's why I was just oddly looking down at the floor. It wasn't because I'm actually that scared. I just dropped my pen. Uh, Besides that, other final thoughts? Not really. I think this is a very interesting week of NFL action. The game is either very lopsided or it's a complete 50-50. There's like no in between. I'm either a thousand percent sure about the game, or I have no idea. And the earthquake is back in Lambeau Field. So and it's not
1: the same chat either.
0: Nice. So I'll let you give some final thoughts before yeah. the <laughs> computer is taken out. I
1: I just want to end this thing before my like laptop closes because one of these cats are going to close this laptop. So I'm just going to say I'm excited for this week. I'm going to miss the London game because it's Benji's birthday, my son's second birthday party on Sunday. So Chad will be there too. So I'm forcing him to miss it as well, or at least some of it. Um, but it ends at noon, the party ends at noon. So I'll be catching most of the afternoon slate of games. Probably miss like a little bit of the first quarter and uh, let's get on it's probably missed most of the like first quarter because i have to clean up that sucks yep i live so close too. um but anyways yeah it's gonna be a good week i'm kind of happy the packers aren't playing because maybe packer fans can like take this week to chill out you know it won't happen but yeah so that being said, you might as well throw the social media stuff
0: up there, 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 there. Yes, yeah. follow myself here. Follow Diesel over there. Oh, over there. Uh, follow the show down there. Uh, make sure you're like, commenting, sharing, and subscribing. And in the comments this week, why don't you put, um, I don't know, the weirdest thing that we said. Or what's your favorite sandwich? I don't know. Put something in the comments. Just put high.
1: Stefanski is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yes, that was pretty weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. On that note, it's going to be an exciting week six. I'm really excited. Chad's really excited. How many times can I say excited to end the show? I'm excited to end the show. I'm just going to say it. Let's go watch some football.
0: Bye. This has been A Visionary's Global Media Production. Visionary's Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.